things haven't turned out the way I was expecting. Have you ever felt like that? I have a feeling that a lot of the young people, uh, your generation, it's a very common feeling. Things haven't turned out the way I expected. Um, the workplace, the look for work, my studies, my expectations of what my future would be, things haven't turned out as I expected. It happens in mission, too. It happens in Christian life. You know, I didn't expect my Christian life to be the way it's being. I didn't expect church life to be the way it is. I didn't expect mission to be the way it's working out. Well, this interesting little story of Jesus illustrates some very simple principles that we can apply to this. Very simply, there's the need for understanding. Um, because these disciples <laughs> really can't understand this story, but they can identify perhaps with that feeling that the people working in the parable are feeling it. Discouragement. How on earth, you know, the owner of the field, you, you, you sowed the seed and we've been watering it and we've been maybe fertilizing it and all the hard work that's gone into it. The field had to be plowed first of all and the, the stones had to be removed. And uh, there's so much work has gone into this field. And the time's gone past and then when, when the crop begins to grow, the shoots begin to come and we're all excited, we're, you know, good, we're going to have a harvest. And at first, you can't tell the difference between the wheat and these weeds, so the commentators say, the word that's used there. Um, and then later, as the seeds begin to develop and the heads begin to develop, oh no, you know, half of this harvest is, is no use. Half of it is, it's all wrong. What's happened? All the work that's been put into this. And there's some good stuff, but there's some bad stuff. Uh, what on earth has happened? Where on, on earth have all these weeds come from? Uh, maybe some of you feel like that when you go out to your gardens. <laughs> the answer is they don't. They don't come from earth. That's the answer that Jesus gives in this parable. All this stuff. It's not that there was a problem with the sower. It's not that there's a problem with the seed. There's not that there's a problem with the mission. Uh, I love the fact there's just little details hidden in this. Uh, the, the field is the world. Uh, Jesus is scope because he says it. He's himself. The Son of Man is the one who's doing the sowing, and he's sowing in the whole world. Don't miss it. This is a mission. This is a parable about mission. <laughs> it has a worldwide scope to it. And it's not going to be finished until there's a harvest from the whole world. So there's nothing wrong with the project. There's nothing wrong with the sower who is graciously sowing good seed. Uh, but there's two things that we need to understand. We need to understand the need for time. This, all these parables, it's interesting what they have in common. We've skipped the other ones that in the same chapter, but the mustard seed. You know, you sow a seed and it grows into a tree, but that doesn't happen from one day to the next. Or there's the yeast in the dough. When you're working it into the dough, you, I, I don't make bread, but I understand the, the, the picture. It takes a while for the yeast to ferment and then the dough to rise, doesn't it? 
that those parables are, they have in common, we tend to be too fast. We tend to draw conclusions too quickly. Spiritual growth and development takes time. Don't draw your conclusions too fast. But then secondly, another thing we need to understand is the reality of spiritual opposition. We so easily fall into the trap of thinking, okay, so what's the method? A, B, C. And then click with your mouse and download <laughs> the app or whatever it is. We, we expect everything to just work. Uh, and when it doesn't, we are faced with the fact that there is an enemy. There is someone who is actively seeking to disrupt and destroy what God is doing. Can you, can you understand the malice of the character in this story? You know, one person has gone out and he has sown seed in his field. And by night, someone else comes and deliberately sows weeds. Now, what benefit does he get from that? What, what does he get out of it? Nothing. All he's doing, can you sense the malice in that? Just trying to wreck it. And Jesus says we need to understand that there is a spiritual enemy who's out there sowing weeds. So there is a reality of spiritual opposition. In the last few months, I've heard one after another cases of moral failure amongst pastors. This happens. Um, there are difficulties in every Christian ministry. And you keep thinking, when are we going to get to the end of the weeds? <laughs> you know? uh, there's a second question in the little story, and that leads us to not just the need for understanding, but the need for focus. Because the servants in the story then say, okay, right? So the weeds have been planted by the enemy. Should we then get out there and have a major campaign of weed destruction? Uh, let's get out and rip up all the weeds. But the owner of the field says, no, you can't do that. Because by this stage, the roots of the wheat and the roots of the weeds have grown together. And if you start ripping up all the weeds, you'll be ripping up some of the wheat as well and damaging the crop. You just need to let it alone. You see, I think often in the Christian life and in church life, we get distracted. Now, we mustn't misapply this parable. Sometimes we hear people saying, oh, well then, you know, in the church, you know, there'll be believers, there'll be unbelievers. You know. No, no, this is not talking about church life. This is talking about the world. The field is the world. But there are too many Christians that tend to go out on a weed <laughs> crusade in the world. So we go out into the world, and we're determined to rip up all the weeds we can find out there in that world. That is a misguided mission. As soon as you rip up a weed out in the world, there's going to be another one that's going to grow. And in the meantime, you've damaged something else. We have to focus on what we have to do. We have to focus on the good seed. We have to focus on the children of the kingdom, the sons and daughters of the kingdom. We have to focus on serving the Lord. Unfortunately and sadly, we live in a broken world in which there are a lot of weeds. But that doesn't mean that there won't be fruit. Uh, and it takes time. The two grow together. Uh, we have a lovely experience uh, we're seeing with a man who lives up the road from us. Uh, he's called Francesc. And he just came to church, uh, as, a, as in a church service Sunday morning, for the first time last Sunday morning. 
It was a big struggle for him. For him, secular people, these things just seem so difficult, or if they're from a different religious background. It takes years to develop friendships. But we had this unusual experience in our church about five years ago, I suppose it is now, six, maybe even six. This American couple arrived. They were from Georgia, and they told us that they had just felt in, in America as they prayed that God wanted them to move to Spain for some time and deliberately to choose to live in a town where there's no believers. And then having chosen that and chosen a town up the road from us, they then started to attend our church. Uh, it wasn't very easy for them. They struggled with the language, and uh, he had a job that required him to commute for several hours. As a church, we thought this was unusual, uh, to be honest. But they lived there for two years, and then for family health reasons, they had to move back to America. But in that time, they had made one really good friend, Francesc, to the point that when they told him that they were going to go back to America, he came to their house that last week, and he said to Brian, the American, he says, you need to explain to me what's different about you and your family, because I know there is something different about you. They had never yet had a clear opportunity to share the gospel with him until he came and asked. Then they shared the gospel with him and went back to America. We'd have liked a bit more of a link before they'd gone. It took about another two years for someone from our church to reach out to him and say, look, we know Brian as well. Would you like to come? And invited him for a meal. A long story short, their daughter began to go to some youth activities from our church. Uh, I remember the evening we brought her and some of the other young people back from the beach and met him in the car park. And standing there in the car park, he showed me his arm with his, his, all his hair was standing on end. And he said, I can't believe I'm meeting more of these people, of this, this network I didn't know existed. Uh, he began to come to our cell group, mainly when there was barbecues. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he brought huge loaves of bread. And finally, he's got to the point where he's dared to come to church one Sunday morning. So there is fruit, and he's not saved yet, that we know. Uh, it takes time. The enemy's doing his thing too. Thankfully, there won't always be weeds. Because that's the last thing I'm going to draw out for you, the need for hope. We need to understand, we need to focus, and we need to hope. Because there is the danger of despair, um, thinking we're always going to be wrestling with weeds. Well, next time you go out to your garden, how many of you have got a garden? Look the weed in the eye and say, your time is coming. <laughs> your day will come when there will be no more weeds. Do you believe in a weedless future? <laughs> I do. Because of Matthew 13. A new day is coming. And I love the metaphors. They're, all, just, they're, they're piled on top of each other. The hope of harvest. Remember in the times this was written. I read to our children, uh, Little House on the Prairie, those books. And it just seemed like every year there was another crisis. It was either a, a blizzard at the wrong time of year or locusts or drought. It just, every year just to get a harvest was such a struggle. And to finally get the harvest in was security and safety. We, they would have food to get through the winter and enough seed to plant the next year. That's the context. Harvest. There will be a harvest. <laughs> and it's not going to be lost. It's going to be complete. So uh, harvest time is joyful feasting time. Uh, it's celebration time. But it's also a day of justice. 
It's that day when all the weeds will be burnt. Do you know you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you sure that you fall into the category of being a son or a daughter of God? Is that sorted? Are you sure? Because you've trusted in Jesus' work in the cross and the resurrection. Then you can look forward to that day with joy and with hope and not with anxiety or fear or dread. But it's a day of justice. Imagine everything broken could be fixed. You know, you, you drop a vase, you know, it just it smashes on the floor into a thousand pieces. Imagine we could turn time backwards and all those pieces could join together again. Imagine everything that you have ever broken, everything that has ever been broken in you. Imagine it could be fixed because it will. Because it will, if you're in Jesus, if you're in Christ, if you know him, and this is your future, the kingdom will come, and the final metaphor in there, the righteous will shine like the sun. Don't we love that in Northern Ireland? <laughs> to know. There, sometimes you take off from the airport, you know, and it's such a miserable day, and you take off and you think, there was, the sun was shining, you know, as you burst through the clouds. And sometimes we even get the lucky days when we're, on the ground, and there's these terrible dark clouds, and it's drizzling, but the, the, crowds, the clouds begin to thin, and you get this lighter patch. You think, that's where the sun must be. And then, if you're really fortunate, the cloud parts, and the sun breaks through, and it's a glorious day. But this is talking not about the Lord Jesus. That's true as well. It's talking about you. This metaphor is about you. The sons and daughters of God will shine like the sun. There are other passages in the Scripture that says it has not yet been revealed what we will be like. Our hope is so shriveled up. We have so little hope. You know, there is a dramatic, glorious, radical future coming which drives our mission. We need to understand, yes, we live in a world with lots of weeds because we have a spiritual enemy. We need to understand the need for time to wait for the harvest. We need to focus, working for that, not rushing out into the world trying to rip up every single weed we can imagine out there, but we need to hope. Thank you for your interest and your support. For those of you who don't already get news from us, if you want news from us, you can sign up at the door outside. But thank you for working with us, and may God bless you as you seek to work for a harvest here in Bangor as we do in Spain as well.